Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Lashing Out Podcast on the Nittany Sports Now Network. He's Kevin Quickly. I'm Jared Fugar. Kevin, it's good to be back. It has been a minute since we recorded. Life can come at you in a multitude of different ways, through illness, through just busyness and life in general. But we're back and we're ready to bring you a lot of action here on the Lashing Out Podcast. Yeah, we certainly are. And uh, life came at me fast yesterday. We were ready to record. And then, uh, yeah, I was I was not going to be able to make it. So um, glad to be back. Been a couple of weeks. And uh, Penn State basketball is trying to do some things. Yeah. You know, you look at you look at their game at, at Rec Hall on Wednesday night, and that's what college basketball is about. Intimate atmosphere, raucous atmosphere. Penn State's down by you know, seven or eight there, I think it was seven, and then they scored eight points in the last 35 seconds. So, I mean, you look at you look at that, and and that's, first of all, kudos to Mike Rhodes and his squad. He dismisses Kanye Clary uh, earlier in the week, and Penn State is better without Clary. Don't get me wrong, Clary's a great player, but this team is more of a, of a, of a unit w- without him, and I think that's a really dangerous situation here as they get closer and closer to March. Yeah. And I liked Kanye Clary. I think he was doing well early in the season. The problem is he gets hurt for those two games and then Ace Baldwin becomes the guy. And it's not that Ace Baldwin wasn't the guy or that Kanye Clary wasn't comfortable sharing it, but Ace Baldwin is a true ball dominant point guard. And you can't have two of those on the floor at the same time. And they tried to run Kanye Clary on the second unit and that didn't work out too well. And then when they ran them together, both Baldwin and Clary, Clary was just jacking up shots and not making any of them. And it, it was really detrimental to the way the team was functioning. And honestly, since he's gotten hurt, I think the emergence of Cutis Wahab is like, he might be one of Penn State's, he might be Penn State's second best player after Ace Baldwin. And I feel like I've really noticed him since Clary went out and since Clary's role got diminished because Ace Baldwin wasn't afraid to get it inside. And it was a game a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember which one, um, but like Cutis Wahab just dominated. Um, and was it, uh, was it Rutgers? It was one of their road games or it was one of their wins. And it was just like, anytime you gave Cutis Wahab the, the ball, I think he made eight of his nine shots for the day and, that's a guy who's flourished without Clary and the team in general, it is better without him. And it's unfortunate because he was the team's leading scorer. Yeah. And, it, and it's bizarre that, that that kind of works out that way. I mean, Ace Baldwin plays, plays a really good two-way game. He's great defensively. Uh, plus he can pass the ball and score, which is a great, at, or, or great assets to have. And then you look at Nick Kern and Nick Kern's having a great year too. He had a, an incredible game um, against Illinois on Wednesday night. But yeah, you know, it's it's another situation of addiction uh, of addition by subtraction, which is bizarre when it's the team's leading scorer. But sometimes, you know, it, it, it's me is not greater than we, right? And I think that's a situation where things might not have been going very well in the uh, in the locker room. And this is a big statement by Rhodes too. Year one, his program, he's setting the tone. Uh, Clary's a guy that was came back, was a part of the program under Shrewsbury. Um, and I think he'll he'll end up on his feet somewhere, um, without a doubt. But Mike Rose comes in, makes a statement. Hey, and it works so far. And and listen, I'm not saying the Penn State's going to win the national championship. I I think 
that's oh, that's not going to happen. But for him to come in, make this statement, first year at the, at the helm of the program, that's a really big thing for Mike Rhodes. And listen, the, his players fight for him. They respect him. And guys like Baldwin, they, they hey, they can't, he came from uh, from VCU. So I mean, there's there's a mutual respect there. They they know each other. They love each other. And and Penn State, I think, is going to be better off down the road for this. Yeah, it. I I'm not sure. Penn State obviously gets into the Big Ten tournament because everybody does. But uh, looks like hopefully they can trend towards not having to play on day one, which would be massive for them to not have to do that. And then you look at, does any team in the Big Ten want to play Penn State in the tournament? No one wants to play Penn State. They play tenacious defense. They're going to full court press you. Um, they've won two top 10 games, granted, at home or close to top 10s. Wisconsin was number 10 ranked program. Illinois was, or yeah, Illinois was 12th ranked last night. Excuse me. Penn State's hung tough with Northwestern both times they've played them. Purdue's really the only team that's probably not scared of Penn State. But Penn State probably wouldn't play them on day two of the Big Ten tournament. So this is a big ten, this is a team that has bought into the micro system. Granted, you have Kern and Baldwin and Puff Johnson, I believe, are the three that came from VCU to Penn State. Puff Johnson came from USC, my man. Oh, I'm sorry. But, yeah, I can't let I can't let the, the New York the, the North Carolina slip away. But yes. Kern, Kern and Baldwin both came from VCU. Wasn't there a third? Uh, there was, but I can't think of it I, off the top I, of my head. I'd have to look at the roster and, and sorry, see. Sorry to derail the whole thing, but those, <laughs> this is a team that's like, we expected absolutely nothing from them, and they've put together two top 12 AP hole wins now. Both of those are quad one wins, right, for the tournament? And yeah. did we think Penn State was going to have a quad one win? At all this season? No, we thought they were going to be a dumpster fire. Kanye Clary was the only player left over from last year's team. I think it was like 3 or 5% of all minutes last year were not on the roster this year. And now he's gone. So 0% of the minutes from last year are on the roster this year. And it's uh, – what a, what an incredible job by by Mike Rhodes. And we I, I was certainly scared of what happened when Micah Shrewsbury leaves. And now that we have Mike – now that – the program has Mike Rhodes. I'm like, you know what? This isn't so bad. I, I I might like this more because Rhodes seems like a guy who's probably going to stick around as well. Yeah, and he's a Pennsylvania guy. He's a blue collar guy, and that's exactly the way they play defense. Man, they get on you, and they're in your face, and they're and they're gnarly. And it's uh, Jaleel Brown had a, a had a great game uh, yesterday defensively. Three steals, had the steal to set up Puff Johnson's layup to put him within two. Um, you know, before those those big free throws um, by H- Zach Hicks down the line. But again, you know, you you, you got to give kudos where it's due. Um, but this is also the beauty of the portal. You know, and it, it, it's it, it's a testament to Rhodes coaching, of course. But you can put a team, and Shrewsbury did this too. You can put a team together from the portal and have success almost immediately. Or again, are you going to be like competing for national titles? No. But you're you're being competitive. You're getting quad one wins, and that's that's very important for Penn State. For for them, if they play well in the tournament and get to maybe day three or day four, uh, the Big Ten tournament. What I mean, that they could find themselves on the bubble, and that's a dangerous position for a team that plays defense the way that Penn State does. Yeah, and you, it, get to the Big Ten tournament, do what you can there, and hopefully you can get into the NCAA tournament. But going forward. 
They have four commits next year, and they're the seventh ranked Big Ten recruiting class. You you got to like year one. He's already Mike Rose is already getting guys. When has Penn State even been in the top half of of Big Ten recruiting in basketball? Yeah, I, absolutely. You know, we'll see where the rest of the season goes. Will they get to the Big Ten tournament? I don't know. They got Indiana on Saturday uh, at 12 o'clock on Big Ten Network, and then they're on the road to Iowa next week. So we'll probably record sometime after that, give a little two-game update. That's next Tuesday. So we'll see. This yeah, team- anything can happen. It's 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 almost March, man. Anything can happen. It is great. This is this is the the maddest time of the year, pun intended. But something that I think everybody should like if you're a college football fan, uh, is it was announced this week and, and Penn State is gonna be a big part of it. And we're gonna talk about it that a little bit more when we come back for the second segment of the Lashing Out Podcast with the Georgetown Network. Sports Now Network. I'm Jared. He's Kevin. Kevin, I feel like a kid in the candy store now that um, NCAA college football was announced. Very excited. I feel like I'm back in high school and college yet again, getting ready for this game to come out. I'm probably going to get into PS5, uh, get the game. And I couldn't be more thrilled. Um, I remember being on Dynasty mode and just absolutely trying to wreck teams. Uh, I'm so excited for that, for the self-confidence boost. But I think this is a great situation for college athletics as a whole, because now with with the addition of college football, I think college basketball, March Madness and college baseball can make make their vaunted returns uh, to the gaming atmosphere as well. Yeah, I I don't know about basketball, baseball coming back. NCAA basketball has kind of lost the luster with the one and done. I'm I'm kind of anti one and done. Um, I like the way college football is, is it's three years and you actually get to develop stars and actually know who people are on the teams. The reason why college basketball is relevant this year is you actually know who Caitlin Clark is because a, she's a beast and two, she's been there for four seasons. Whereas with college basketball, I couldn't tell you who's on. I guess I can tell you Armando Baycott on UNC because it's his like 12th year at UNC. Um, other than that, I can tell you the Penn State roster and no, no one else in college basketball. So I don't know if that's coming back, but I am thrilled for NCAA football to come back. Um, NIL has made this possible. Every player will get $600 who opts into the game up to 85 players per game per team. Um, all 134 FBS teams should be coming out in July. And it looks like they're going to do team ambassadors. Um, Nick Singleton was announced. Uh, for Penn State as being kind of like a, he's going to be part of the advertising campaign for it. So I'd imagine he's getting more than $600. Uh, Cade Klubnick just got announced as Clemson's rep for that. So I don't know how many of those like next level up at game ambassadors there will be, but Nick Singleton's one of them. Right. And I think that's huge. I think this is great for, for the players. $600 doesn't seem like a lot. And honestly, it's a drop in the bucket for EA Sports. But it's a start. And personally, I hope they go FCS too. I wouldn't mind running it back with Robert Morris, uh, the alma mater. I think that would be great. 
Um, but it'll be interesting to see how they get the NIL in the portal and, and all of that fun stuff, you know, in the game. But it's just good for, for college football fans, uh, for kids. You know, that listen, that's how people fall in love with, with random teams, right? The Colorado State or whoever you're playing with or or for you, your your Arizona fandom could really, really get strong here. But oh. <laughs> do you have any touchdowns I'm gonna throw with Noah Favita? Do you know how many <laughs> touchdowns I'm gonna and throw? You actually, and you should be able to play with him himself. Now the coaches won't be involved, which you know, take it for what it's worth. That could be an upgrade for certain coaches or for certain programs. But I think this is a great opportunity for the athletes and for fans um, and for college football in general. I think this is something that was needed. I really do hope they get this back into uh, into the fold for other other sports. College basketball would be great. Um, both men and women's, I think having having that option, I think would be awesome. But college football, MVP baseball, uh, college World Series would be awesome. That would be absolutely electric. Yeah, I, I'm just happy that the one positive thing that has come out of NIL for college football is that we actually get the video game back. Because that's what we were talking about all along is players should be getting money from jersey sales. They should be getting money from this video game. They should be going getting money from things that they're directly making money, that the university yeah. and massive corporations were making money off of them and we've we finally accomplished that part like they are getting their merch sales because now they can come out with their own merch lines or the university can sponsor a store where they make shirts and jerseys and stuff for the players like that like penn state has for for the college football i think andrew funk had a funky town um shirt last year on on the nil store so stuff like stuff to that nature and now we finally get the video game back so like now i'm kind of happy with nil i think it's ruined college football and college sports everywhere else but i'm happy but now they're getting paid now we just got to figure out the transfer portal yes nil does need fixed it does need adjusted but this is a great start um and this is just overall good but you're right. The everything else is, is changing the game, and we're gonna talk a little bit more about that here in the third and final segment when we come back for the Lashing Out podcast on the Disney Sports Now Network. Welcome back to the third and final segment of the Lashing Out podcast on the Disney Sports Now Network. He's Kevin. I'm Jared. Kevin, it's been so long. I'm not sure if we touched on this or not, but we're going to touch on it again because I think everybody in Happy Valley has breathed a sigh of relief. Bill O'Brien is not going to Ohio State. He's going to be the head coach at Boston College, which is a blessing in disguise. Not because he wouldn't have been very good at, at you know, at Ohio State, but now that that awkward reunion doesn't have to happen that way. It can be it can be a little bit more natural. Because I do think that Bill O'Brien deserves a ton of credit for the state of the program and how it has gotten to where it is today. He was a great bridge from the Paterno era to Franklin. Um, but but now it doesn't have to be where he's wearing scarlet and gray. He could, if, if Penn State does happen to play Boston College, it's great. But now it's a little bit more natural, a little less awkward. Yeah, it's I'm glad that he's not gonna be at Ohio State because I really like Bill O'Brien. I think he's a I think he's a stand-up dude. Um, we had his tight end coach on last summer, John Strollo. He had right. he, he was nothing but glowing about how good of a person Bill O'Brien was. 
um, his temperament, how he handled the adversity. Because I believe it's been a while since I've listened to that interview. Um, they didn't really know the sanctions that were going to come down. They took the they he took the job, and then the sanctions hit. And for him to actually stick through it to keep that team together, it's we owe a lot of credit to Bill O'B for the state of the program today um, for, for what he did in the two years that he was there. So yeah, got the job at Ohio state on January 19th and three weeks later uh, he was officially announced as the Boston college head football coach. Uh, he was in Ohio state so short of a time that on Wikipedia, his little bar on the right side uh, doesn't even show Ohio state on there for offensive coordinator. So um, I believe when we last recorded, it was heavily rumored that he was going to be heading to Boston College, and then it came out the day after that he took the job. So we're right on schedule. <laughs> yeah, right. We, <laughs> we lasted longer between shows than Bill O'Brien did at Ohio State. But that you're going to see more NFL guys. Well, you're going to see more college coaches heading to the NFL if they don't fix things. I know we talked about that then, but you're seeing that. I, you know, there you see at the call or at the Senior Bowl, a lot of the college guys were there. Not to scout or to see their players, but there are a lot of college guys there to get jobs in the NFL. And that's just the state of, of college football. Obviously, Saban, Nick Saban is retired, and he is now with ESPN, which will be great. Um, I, I, I secretly want – not secretly. I selfishly want Bill Belichick and Nick Saban to do a Manning cast. I think the football nerd and me, that would just be absolutely incredible. Like, imagine them doing that for the Army-Navy game. It would just be absolutely God-tier – football analysis the only problem with that is is you'd have to turn your tv volume up to like 85 to be able to hear either of them talk and then they'd cut to the audio of the football game and then you'd have to like scramble to turn it back down but listen it would be it it would be two great football minds but they both have are notorious for mumbling especially bill belichick and that would be uh they they would have to come on with peyton and eli i think if not it'd be rather dry otherwise but they both can do that um, so we'll see. I, I'm actually wondering if Saban's going to replace Corso because Corso's, yeah. <laughs> Corso's pushing sense. 90. He's pushing 90, I think. Yes. So I'm not saying they should force him into retirement, but Lee Corso's 88 years old. He'll still be there as a figure. Yeah, absolutely. But hey, that's why we, they, we don't make those decisions. But Kevin, do we have any parting shots before we let these these fine folks that are listening go? Uh, I got no parting shots. I I think I'm rather civil this week. My one parting shot is we talked about Penn State basketball playing in Rec Hall. I love it. I love the nostalgia. I love everything about that. Do I wish that they would play there more? Yes. But is that going to happen? I don't really know. Uh, unfortunately, the Bryce Jordan Center isn't going anywhere. Um, and And to be honest with you, as great as Rec Hall is, I just don't see Penn State playing a full season there as much fun as that could and should be, they're going to be playing at, at the Bryce Jordan Center. But the the better they get, the more filled the Bryce Jordan Center gets, and it does turn into a great and incredible place to play. Hey, hopefully they can take the tops the tarps off the second deck. It would be great if they let the curtains back and go behind the curtain. That's our other podcast in Nittany Sports Now Network. But that would be great. But other than that, I that's all I've got for this week for Kevin Quigley. And Jared Prugar, this has been the Lashing Out Podcast on the Nittany Sports Now Network.